Hello friends and welcome to your belated Tuesday edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. Hope you had a great Easter, smashing loads of chocolate, overrated as it is. I'm your host Mark Heath and I bring with me some bad news friends. Yes, all good things must come to an end. Town's winning run has finally ended. Christian Walton's sheets are thoroughly befouled and dirty and George Hurst's goal scoring run has ended at five games. But let's not forget, Ipswich Town are still unbeaten in 13 games. Let's cling on to that. Everything is still very much in play with just a handful of games left. The title is there, friends. And very briefly, Town were indeed top of that table yesterday. We're going to talk all about the Easter weekend now with my two favourite friends. The doctor's off, but returning. Couldn't be bothered to go to the Wickham game on Friday because he was on holiday. Pathetic. Hutchie, what have you got to say for yourself? I was actually in the the, the garden of the Maybush at Waldringfield during most of that game. Um, Even worse. So you're actually got, in the country. I was I was led to believe you're out of the country and thus couldn't we, possibly get to the game. Well, I, we landed at went to Bjorka, landed at yeah. Luton, landed at Luton at about quarter past one, and um, oh, I, I was I was going to go if we got back in time, but the uh, the A12 is an unkind bank holiday mistress, so I uh, just went straight to the Maybush instead. But that was a lovely place on Friday. Wasn't it was a it? nice day. Absolutely crawling with people though, because it was a lovely day. It was all. I think it was all right actually. Well, most people in the town were at Portman Road, which mm. which which helped with the the footfall, and we ended up getting there at like half three in kind of the nether zone between lunch and dinner. So it was quite nice actually. A few Very dogs nice. around, um, the smell of vinegar in the air. Um, what more do good. you want? It's quite, it's quite nice actually. That is one of the most picturesque spots I would say in all of Suffolk in terms of places to have a pint. How was your holiday, Hutchie? You're in New York, as you say, famously a man who doesn't like being hot in the sun but you had your own pool um were you strapping ice to your your uh your back and your your private areas <laughs> yes but i didn't need to uh that's why we went in april because it's right. not it's not so bad it was quite nice actually nice temp nice nice round 20 it was um solid a solid break with the family excellent solid seven out of ten um, I want to talk to you about ratings in due course, actually. But it's great to have you back, and that's one of the reasons. Um, Rossi, you didn't have a break. You don't take holiday um, because you're here to work, goddammit. Um, how are you? I'm real well, thank you. No, I'll take time off not when I can. Um, and I'm still not having it, Heathy. Chocolate overrated. You, yeah, you left got, it there in the intro, and I was like, I've got to say I caught something some, about it. I caught some heat for that. Oh, yeah. um, I've heard people, about this. I've listened to this. People aren't accepting. They can't handle the truth. I did get some backing, by the way, by <sighs> sensible people. Mm, mm, sensible. Actually, where are you at? Dread, you're not saying it's dreadful, are you? You're just saying... No, no. I'm not... I'm not I've, you know, I, I, I will eat chocolate. Yeah, I just... Good, well done. Rated for, for people who act like it's the be-all on end-all. It's not. It's acting like it's the be all and end. You know, I've got loads of friends who act like Easter's the best thing because they just get to eat 14 Easter eggs before midday on the Sunday. Easter egg egg is the best kind of chocolate, in my opinion. Thin and um, just just chilled out and thin. I like thin (laughs) chocolate. Chilled out Um, thin chocolate. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, it's not for me. I mean, as I say, I'll eat chocolate, but there are many, 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 many things I would pick as a guilty pleasure before chocolate. And, you know, each to their own. I would too. Each to their own. Um, Friends, we have to start, of course, with bad news. Ipswich Town's winning run was ended by the Robins of Cheltenham yesterday. Uh, It's been a glorious run, friends. And there is, of course, still a run going, 13 games unbeaten, which is still nothing to be sniffed at. 
Hutchie, you returned from your holiday to uh, Wadden Road. How was it for you? Do you want to kick us off with your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it is Wadden Road. It's called the Completely Suzuki Stadium now. Last year it was called the Johnny Rocks Stadium, but it will always be called Wadden Road. Um, yeah, it was disappointing, wasn't it? Um, we were enjoying that. That was uh, the heady days. But um, it's it's okay. Everything's okay. Is, is yeah. what I, is what I'd say. Um, it's a funny old game. Um, we we spotted a kind of a, an area in the goal mouth before the game, which looked like it had kind of had bits of carpet put over the top of it to patch it up. That was a bad sign. The wind was a bad sign. It's just just one of those days where it, it wasn't an Ipswich Town kind of day in terms of like perfect conditions, but they they battled through all of those. Hmm. Um, took the lead but just it's just the nature it's the I think it's the nature of that equalizing goal at the end that's the real the real kind of sickness to it a point there's not a disaster it really isn't um I'd rather be Ipswich Town than Plymouth after this recent most recent round of results so um it was fun though wasn't it this whole never conceding goals and winning every week no questions asked kind of deal that was that was great it was remarkable, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. The last time they won eight league games in a row was 1953. I mean, to be covering and, and following a side that's doing that kind of thing just doesn't happen very often. And it hasn't happened at town for bloody ages. Well, more than half a century. Almost, what we, 70 years. So, incredible. Absolutely incredible run. Uh, and there is still a run to be continuing with, that unbeaten run, which hopefully will carry on and carry town up into the championship. Rossi, what did you make of it yesterday? That um I don't know which one of you was tweeted a picture of the goal mouth with the uh mm. like astroturf just hastily taped down over some some holes. That was that was a bit worrying when I saw that. Yeah like overall though the pitch didn't look too bad. It was just that that goal mouth. I remember yeah. Hutchie coming over to me. I've got a mission for you. If that comes into play, I want a picture of it. Um, it didn't come into play that much. But um but yeah very windy day in Gloucestershire. Nice sunny day. Yeah, Poxy Cheltenham, a team that we just can't beat in League One. Played them four times, lost and drawn three. Um, yeah, just a frustrating afternoon. But as you said, what a run we're on and still are on, as you said. But, you know, I've watched the goal back a few times and, you know, the goal we conceded, I'm just thinking, oh, that, that doesn't look good, does it? But, you know, the wind and everything. In real time, I didn't think it was as bad. Watching mm. it back, yeah, well, we won't be happy with that, but... Him and his defence, what a run that was. Yeah, should we talk about that elephant in the room, Hutchie, the goal? Because, yes, Christian Walt hadn't conceded a goal for more than 13 hours, but now it's one goal in 10 minutes, mate. That's four goals a half. I mean, we've got to start <laughs> asking questions, haven't we? We've got to do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he look, I, he, he won't be particularly happy with that one. Um, the, that is an, an insane-sized water cup you're yeah, drinking sorry. from, by the way. This is, this is, is uh, isn't it? <laughs> Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's bigger than your is, head. This is like three and a half pints. This is um, when when fighters are water loading, they have a bottle like this. And the reason I've got this is because what well, I got given it by Apex Fightwear, excellent clobber they've got, and also because I can't carry a cup at the moment because I'm on crutches, so it has to be something bottle based, and I can't be bothered to keep going and filling up a bottle. So this is my entire liquid for the day, which I'm just carrying around with me. But you're right, it is an obscene and frankly ludicrous bottle that my wife yeah. absolutely hates <laughs> um and she says it makes you look well 
doesn't make me find you attractive in any way essentially is what she tells me so uh there we go that's my bit that's my big bottle um back to the goal hutchie <laughs> mark's big <laughs> yeah bottle. exactly um back to the goal yeah it's, it, it's i think it's the, it's the manner of that goal that was conceded that's the frust- frustrating thing oh, ultimately a draw was probably probably a fair outcome from the game um the wind undoubtedly played a part in that um, in terms of you the, think ball the sun did up. as well. It was hard to tell on on the obviously I was watching the um, the highlights and stuff, and it, it looks like he's running from a, a shaded area into the sun. Yeah, seeing that with the wind, and he's obviously slightly unsure as to where the ball's going to land. Um, I wonder if the sun might have played a part as well. Yeah, well, I think I think the sun kind of ties in with the um, with the part of the pitch we were talking about because the roof. The roof of the the away end it was so that mm. the roof of the away end meant that actually the sun that area of the pitch was constantly in shade at all times because of the roof. So the six yard box at that end was constantly in shade, um, which I'm sure has had an impact on the pitch area of that pitch being that bad. And yeah, for goalkeepers that's really difficult, isn't it? Like mm. running running from blinding sun um, from shade kind of into blinding sunlight, um, but. That you can you can question if you want whether that was his to be won at that point. Um, he was very very close to the edge of his penalty area. If it if I mean if it if it had held up a yard less, um, held up a yard more, so he, he would have been out of his box. So he wouldn't mm. have been able to handle that anyway. So it was very very close. Um, but ultimately, he, I think he probably did need to come for that in the end. Because I'm not sure Wolfenden would have would have won it. Um, but even from there, it, there's kind of something for Cheltenham to do. Like Wolfenden, with no goalkeeper in his goal, had to be very, very careful about where he headed that ball. Um, ultimately, yes, it's gone straight up in the air and ended up on Alfie May's foot. But he had to be, that's dif- there's a difficult skill. We've, you've got no goalkeeper at home, an open goal. Mm. And you, I think his first thought was probably do not head this back towards the goal. And even from there, then Mays had to take a good touch and and, and finish that. As a, it's not the player you'd want it to fall to, so um, not a particularly glorious way for the, the 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 clean sheet run to come to an end, and, and probably quite avoidable. Um, and just the circumstance just makes it feel all the all the more frustrating. Town's goal had lived a bit of a charmed life at certain points during the game up until yeah. that point, though. Um, they'd done well to keep keep that clean clean sheet run going until then. Um but ultimately they were always going to concede. It's just a shame it was so messy when it happened. Yeah. Um what about the what about the uh the performance as a whole, Hutchie? The team obviously is pretty much picking itself. The only change was was Broadhead being injured um against Wickham on on Friday with uh, with Marcus Harness stepping in. Uh and Harness as it, as it happened had probably the best chance of the game up until the goal. Um, which he, he blazed wide and he was he was pulled off at half time, wasn't he? What did what did you make of the, the performance as a whole for town? Not clearly clearly not vintage Ipswich, clearly. Yeah. Um but I think I think if you consider the conditions and, and an opponent who were uh, were very keen to just put the ball on top of town and smother them at certain certain periods, I think they dealt with it fairly well. Um but they had their moments where things were a little scrappy at the back and things like that. But they weren't ever really able to get going in their own fluid way, but to, they found a way to be one nil up, which yeah. which they deserve great credit for. I think yes, Marcus Harness should have put them up one nil up earlier than they did. Um, that's a really good chance. You'd you'd back Broadhead to have scored it if it was him in that position. You'd back George Hurst, certainly Connor Chaplin to have scored that from that position. So 
Um, that's a frustration. They hit the bar through George Hurst. Um, Kyle Edwards had had an effort. Um, I think they did okay for the con- considering the conditions, but clearly not vintage Ipswich. Clearly not the kind of steamroller town that we've seen in certain games of late. Um, but they did okay. They they got on top of what they needed to do. Um, just couldn't just couldn't see it out. Hmm. What do we make of Harness Rossi? Clearly, he's lost his his starting position to to Minty. Um, he was at the start of the season. He was scoring goals for fun, wasn't he, Harness? Um, and I think what's the stat now? One in his last twenty two. Been in and out of the side. Um, how much of a drop off do you think there is there between Broadhead and Harness? Mm, there is a big. Drop off, I feel. Um, yeah, Mark, Mark Sarnas is still a good player. You know, yeah. but he hasn't scored since November. His last goal was the Exeter goal, um, you know, in that 2-0 win. But, you know, Nathan Broadhead is is a different level. You know, he's he's signed for the amount of millions, what, you know, whatever million it was. And, you know, signed for a Premier League club, has scored and done well in this level. But, yeah, Mark Sarnas, he just struggled. He's lacking confidence. He should have scored the opportunity. Maybe if he was in the run he was at the start of the season, he would have probably buried that and scored it. And that would have been happy days. And that would have been the start of, you know, maybe mm. a big win at Cheltenham. But, um, but yeah, Marcus Harness, just his touches. He's losing the ball a lot. You know, he does work hard, but yeah, just at the moment, it's just, he's not, it's not his day. Um, and a half time, any player, that, that affect any player really. Um, mm. But Kyle Edwards, he came on and was lively. But yeah, at the moment, Marcus Harness isn't the player we had at the start of the season. But, you know, hopefully he, he was still have a part of play, I'm sure. Um, but he maybe just needs that consistency. Maybe he just needs that goal to get that confidence up. Would he do that this season? We'll find out. Hmm. Well, where do you stand on Harness, actually? Because as I say, he started the season really well. He was pretty much a, a regular face in the, in the starting eleven, And now clearly he's lost his spot. Do you think, in terms of if you look at the, the starting eleven, which is now fairly consistent, and the backups, the depth chart, if you like, is the drop off between Broadhead and Harness? Would you say the biggest in the the squad? Um, I'd agree with Ross. It's certainly it, it's it's noticeable. It's yeah. it, there is a drop off. Is it the biggest? Um, Walton Cladkey. Uh, yeah, that yeah. Maybe you talk about that one. Mate. The current current available centre half options behind Burgess and Wolfenden. You you'd talk about at the moment actually. Mm. Yeah, uh, with with no Edmondson. Um, yeah, it. I, I think it. I'll be honest. I think that probably more speaks to to how good Nathan Broadhead is rather than rather than any sort of mm. need need to criticise others. I, I actually think Harness has been fairly decent off the bench recently. Um, he, he's, uh, he's found a bit of a role to play there and I think he's done okay. Um, but there's a reason, like Ross said, there's a reason they they spent so much time, effort, money, everything to sign um, to sign Nathan Broadhead. My cat's coming to join us. He's got thoughts. He's got um, thoughts. He's a big fan of Minty. Yeah, he's a big fan. Tiger. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it probably speaks more to to how good Broadhead has been and how much he's offered than it does to 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 any sort of deficiencies elsewhere. I would say um, mm. he's a really important player for Ipswich. He's fantastic, isn't he? And we we'll get on to Wickham because I thought he was brilliant against Wickham on on Friday. Um, actually, we've got to talk about the goal. You have said on here before that you reckon you can throw a ball further than most football players. Harry Clark would he would he come along that number after that goal? Or um, 
that's a proper long throw. I, we've talked about long throws a lot over the years, and it really irritates me when players that cannot throw the ball far enough or hard enough yeah. um, try and do it. Um, but Harry Clark's got a proper one, um, and that was perfect. It staggers me how they managed to find little Connor Chaplin inside these penalty areas. It happens so often. Free kicks, corners, the ball, they managed to get the ball to his feet inside a box it's it's remarkable he's got an incredible really. knack hasn't he for yeah. finding space like that's, that's yeah. a skill in itself yeah very yeah a really important skill and a really important skill to his game in particular is mm. knowing where to be when to make that run and yes there's an element of fortune I, I don't that the ball's kind of skidded over the top of four or five heads in there to get to Chaplin but there's no fortune in the run that Chaplin made and and the finish um with his right foot um it's a proper long throw that Harry Clark's got. Um, Leif Davis had a couple in, in that game as well. And there's a great irony, really, that, that Tam were able to score with a long throw at a, at a ground that has had so many long throw moments of its own. And, and Ipswich, Ipswich were undone by their long throw last season. So um, for Tam to produce produce that and just another way of scoring a goal, which um, finding a way was... If they'd won that game yesterday, we'd, be, we'd have been talking about Ipswich finding a way to win. Um Mm. Through through a long throw, but sadly they didn't hold on. But um, I'd give Harry Clark a a tick. He's got a proper long throw. Um, was it me? Or it appeared anyway. Watching that um, from that where Harry Clark threw that ball on from, it was flat. But then if you went down the other end of the pitch, you had to run up a bank before you could throw the ball in, which I don't think I've seen before on a football pitch. Mm. Some of these, some of these grounds are a bit lopsided, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. You know, I've got the you know very lucky position to be pitch side, so I get mm. around a lot of these grounds. And there's some that are very interesting to sort of hurdle over and stuff like that. And if they change, they always change ends. That's another thing I think um, Cheltenham made sure to do is when they won the toss to switch the ends because you know the sun and the wind. Um, but yeah, there, there's a. A little little wander around Cheltenham's ground actually, because I needed a wee, and I just went. Oh, do you know? I want to go and find a, a, another toilet, but just have a little wander. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very small ground, a completely Suzuki Stadium, um, which is fun to say. But but yeah, I like the I like the long throwing. Keep up. Where did you Where did you eventually um, decant water? In the one that's actually nearest to me, but I just want to have a little little wonder, <laughs> okay. just have a little look to see if there's any you know food offerings, but there there wasn't. But I'm, I actually brought a lunch, Heathley. You'll be proud of me, proud what of your you know, young Roscoe prospect. I um brought myself a lunch lunchbox, made a roll, cheese roll, ah. you know, muffin as well. Had in there some crisps. Finally, save yourself some money, Rossi. Save yourself well. some money. Still um, bought. A burrito at services, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Save yourself some money, Ross. Ross had a bit of an incident oh. at, at, uh, at the services on the way. They managed oh, to, no. yeah. He shunned the meal deal option from Leon and uh, bought all of the exact same items you'd have got within a, a meal deal, but just paid full price for all of them. <laughs> just, yeah. I didn't know there was a meal deal option before you had a look, um, and I regretted everything. But yeah. Yeah. Even more excitingly about the services, Hutchie, did you not see the dream at the services? I did, yeah. I saw Raheem Harper at the services yes. last, and the, the, I saw that we we all kind of travelled home separately last last night. I went I went yeah. via Birmingham to to see someone, and um, on the way home, the Exeter squad were on their way home from Peterborough in the in the services. Raheem Harper was queuing up for a subway. Lovely, yeah. 
what don't know what yeah i don't know what he had but uh in the end but he he looked happy about it superb he right, scored didn't he? he did score yeah but um they lost but there there's there some these two like teenage peterborough fans were walking through the service station as well and walked past the Exeter squad who were queuing up for their sandwiches, just going 3-1, 3-1. And they, the Exeter players found that absolutely hilarious. But these like 13-year-old boys were trying to trying to uh, have a go at them in the services. Troll them. They probably put it on TikTok or something. Um, there's, there's a couple of things I want to talk more about from the game. Are there any other serious notes from, from Cheltenham? Because there are a couple of things I want to mention which I, I suppose would fall under light-hearted observations. Let's skip to light. I like lighthearted. Let's skip to that, and then we can talk about what it all means. Yeah, let's let's talk about that afterwards. Um, actually, the main reason, as much as I enjoy talking to you, and seeing you, and just generally being in your presence, that one of the main reasons I'm happy you're back is because it means you could take the ratings away from me again. Um, I've done the ratings a few times now, and you've not been around, and I really struggle with it. Um, I know we said before it's like for you, it's like a almost kind of um, uh, how would you describe it, like a feeling. Um, but for me, because I take it quite seriously and I, I like to really think about the scores I'm giving people and stuff. So I did the Wickham game on Friday. Um, and I think I gave Hurst and Davis a nine. Um, I think the lowest scores I gave were, were sevens to Walton, Burgess, Luongo and Wolfenden. And every single time it fascinates me how people see the game differently. Because I got a fighty friend uh, of the show, Matt Thomas, telling me that I gave Harry Clark an eight. And he should should have been no better than a six. Um, someone else came at me and said Burgess should have been ten out of ten. Um, there was a, a Wes Burns uh, fan again that said that I can't believe he didn't get a ten. Um, and then before when I've done games, notably I think the FA Cup defeat at uh, Barrow, I gave everyone a three, and I, I was told that was way too generous. So um, <laughs> the how is it that people see games so differently? And how do you how do you how do you approach the whole ratings thing? I guess everyone's looking for different things, aren't they? Um, yeah. I think I, I didn't. I, I've not watched the Wickham game, so I can't comment on them ind- individually. But I, using Harry Clark as the example, if you're kind of watching the game and, and love his marauding style and runs forward, mm. and he does a few of them, then. And that's kind of your overriding takeaway of his game. Then great. Then you you enjoyed that to a level of an eight. If you enjoy picking apart how he defended the the Wickham left winger, yeah, then you might see that differently at times. It's it it's not an exact science, is it? And um, yeah, it's like every every week every week there's a difference of opinion with it. Um, yeah, I it's guess so that's all part of the fun. It? it is, it's, but it's so subjective. And I think being someone who kind of likes things to be uh, definite um, and things to be correct, I'd struggle mm. with that kind of whole kind of uh, uh, loose looseness around them, for want of a better word. Yeah. Like, I, um, and I think you're probably right. I, when I watch a football game, I'm very much more thinking about going forward, attack, and I like marauding runs and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's probably where I I lean towards. Rossi, have you got any thought? Have you ever tried rating players and stuff? I know you, you famously don't really care about lineups and selection, but do you do you ever kind of have a chat with the with the KOA army afterwards about 
men of the match and ratings and stuff? Is that something that you you do? Yeah, I know a lot of people do play the the ratings games, the Andy Warren ratings game. I think okay. there's a few who uh, were thinking, oh, Andy's not doing it this week. Mark's done it, so we have to do mm. the Mark Keith ratings game. But I know they they see they sort of guess what Andy's given and maybe if they agree or disagree. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I sometimes rate my pictures in terms of like how many have I got good of such and such. I always get good ones of Sam Morsey. I don't know why. I haven't got like a, he's not my favorite. He's just, you know, I think he's just there. He's a captain. Maybe he's just his profile. I just think he's got a great, you know, face to paint a picture of. So, is he quite an emotive player? That's quite interesting, isn't yeah. it? So, are the players you think make better pictures for you? Yeah. Yeah. Sam Moore's is one of them. You know, Wes yeah. Burns with his hair and all that. Connor Chapman's just there, and he, um, <laughs> I, always, I always respect the goalkeeper. I always get pictures of Christian Walton because I just feel he's a long way away, but you always want to make sure we get a few of him. Um, yeah, it just depends on the game. But yeah, Sam Moores is normally the one I always get good pictures of. I don't know why. I think it's just yeah, the captain. And as you said, maybe it's just because he's just there doing moves. I don't know. Yeah. What's the methodology, Hutchie, just out of interest? Because I'm going to have to do this again at some point, I'm sure, going forward. As you're rating players, are you making notes as the game goes along? Or do you kind of let it all kind of seep into you and then spurt out a rating at the end? So so I make I make notes simply of kind of what happens to them during mm. the game um yeah so i end up with kind of a, a a word document that's just full of words like a jumble of words under each player's name um and i always try when someone's been substituted i'll try and write their one like mm. immediate immediately um like as george hurst goes off i'll i'll write that and give him his number but it's 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 hard to do but the ones i find particularly difficult are when ipswich are either dreadful or brilliant in the first half and then opposite yeah. in the second. Yeah. Because like if they're if they have an incredible second half and like it's nil nil at half time, they've been rubbish um but win the game four nil, it would be you know, the temptation is like to just own I'll, I'll only I'll only give them ratings on the, the last forty five minutes because it's everyone's gone home happy. But you have to tax them a little bit, apply a little bit of tax because this game is ninety minutes long. You can't, you can't just shirk your your first half. Um, yeah, it's, it's really like it's really difficult because there's only ten numbers, one like one to ten. That's not a very big scale, particularly when you're rating these people every like four or five days across a nine month period. Like yeah. game, I often think to myself, I've, I've just given someone more a better rating for their performance in this. 2-0 home win over Morecambe than I did for the 6-0 victory over this the, like it if you want it that's why I call it kind of a vibe because you yeah. can't there can't be an exact science to it the grading the scale is too small it's too tight yeah. the difference between a 6 and a 7 that that that's the one those are the ones that I find quite amusing when I've given someone a 7 and some and then somebody goes that Seven is ridiculous. He was definitely a six. Yeah. Like there's 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 nothing between a six and a seven. And I refuse to do halves because then you may as well do it out of twenty. That's a cop yeah. out. Um, but look, I quite enjoy it. I quite enjoy the conversation. If someone, if I've given someone like an eight or a nine, and there's an argument that actually it was a five, that's when I'm kind of ready to listen to the conversation a little bit yeah. that's that's it's all it's all part of the fun i quite enjoy it and there, there are some really really fun people on on twitter to debate this with which i quite enjoy every week 
the whole concept is mad, isn't it? Imagine, yeah, imagine, imagine being rated. If we were just rated out of ten every day for the the job that we did, maybe we, maybe we should spin the tables, get the players to rate us for for the job that we do. Um, there'd be a few few twos in there, I reckon, twos and threes. Uh, anyway, the other thing I want to mention is is a picture actually you took, uh, Rossi, which I thought we could have a bit of fun with, of uh, our fearless leader, the relentless one himself, Mark Ashton, on the pitch. Was it pre-game? Must have been pre-game with a little coffee. And I wondered, boys, what do you reckon Mark Ashton orders from, I believe in this case it was Starbucks, many other coffee shops available? Because this is a guy who prides himself on being relentless. He's relentless all, every day. He wakes up at four. He doesn't go to bed till 3 a.m. He only sleeps for an hour. And even when he's asleep, he's thinking about things he can be doing. Um, what, what do you reckon he orders, Hutchie? Because I'm saying I reckon he's probably got at least 17 shots of espresso in that. You reckon? I reckon. Yeah. No, I don't reckon. I reckon it's something very. I think he's got a very simple coffee in there, flat white, or americano, just straight standard, nothing frilly. I, I yeah, I think it's just a, a nice standard drink. He might surprise you. That would be disappointing, actually, if that was the case. Rossi, have you got any insight? What would what would your be? Uh, what would your go to order be? I don't even know if you drink coffee, actually. I'm not really, yeah, I'm not really a coffee drinker. I don't hate it. I don't, you know, dislike it. It's just not my. I'm just a hot chocolate man. I just, you know, like a bit of a bit of hot chocolate and a nice hot chocolate actually on the way home. It'll beat behind the curtains very well in there. Um, what's the one begin with M? Miyato? No, Macchiato. Macchiato. Yeah. yeah, maybe that. I don't, I don't actually know Mac, what that is. But... Macchiato is the one with the like, kind of like a slight foam on it, and then a bit of like caramel drizzle on it. Yeah, that would be a you'd, that would be a macchiato, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Astrid. That's that's my that's my pick for him. Yeah, he likes a bit of caramel, maybe. It's caramel, caramel macchiato. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm sure he's sweet enough as it is. Um, yeah. Hutchie, do you reckon you could persuade him to get one of your uh, your famous luminescent slushies? Yeah. I'd like yeah. to see you, you and Ashton, just smashing a, a, a fluorescent blue slushy together <laughs> at the, uh, the promotion parade. <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, I can, I can imagine that. Just or someone goes and someone goes and tips a slush puppy over Kieran McKenna if they actually do get like the Gatorade at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what we need. That's tip what we a need. slush puppy. Should we talk about the bigger picture now, boys? Now we've we've had a few minutes of nonsense there. Uh, Mitchwich Town at one point, as I said in the intro, were top of the table. They were the, the cracking, we are top of the league chance, Hutchie. Uh, they ended up in third, but it's still very, very, very tight. Obviously, um, Plymouth lost, um, and, and literally everything is still in play. It's a three-horse race for the top two spots, isn't it? How, how do you feel about it now? Has it Have you changed in any way? I think it's a three-horse race. Um, how far behind are Barnsley? They're six points so, behind now, is it? Uh Four points behind Ipswich. Is that right? Yeah. I'm going to get this I'm table gonna check. up. I'm going to check. About it. Yeah, Barnsley are four points behind Ipswich. So six points off the top. Okay. Yeah, I th- I think it's a three-horse race. But that the fact that Barnsley play have a game against Ipswich where they can make up three points with a win... It's a three and a half. It's a three and a half horse <laughs> race. I would say, at the moment, I wouldn't count out Barnsley just yet. But I'm happy with Ipswich's position in this. Um, I, I, like I said at the very start, came away from Monday much happier as an Ipswich Town follower than I would be as a mm. a, Plymouth, a Plymouth follower. A team who have been invincible at home have just been beaten at home at 
completely the wrong the wrong time um that should cast could should cast a little bit of doubt in there yes Sheffield Wednesday kind of stopped their rot a little bit um with that win but it doesn't doesn't mean that everything's great for them again I'm, I'm happy with town's position in this yes we'd have loved them to have have held on won that game been top of the table but um I'm all right don't worry don't you worry about me Mark I'm okay Everything will be okay. Rossi, how are you feeling? And what's the sense among the fans? Because not too long ago, we all pretty much thought the top two was was a dim and distant thing that had gone. And Sheffield Wednesday were going to romp to the league. Uh, and now, everything's on the table. Town are, actually, at least they were before kick on Friday. I haven't checked the latest odds. Favourites to win the league one title. Um, so things have changed quickly. How, how, do you think, how are you feeling and how do you think fans are feeling? I'm feeling just fine, as uh, Sir <laughs> Alf Ramsey said when they won the league title. That's no, fine. Just fine. <laughs> just I'm fine. fine. Just... <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, can't can't win all the games. Cheltenham are just poxy Cheltenham. I can't beat them. Um, so I'm fine, as I said. Um, top two is still there for us. And, you know, league title. Yeah. I although I mentioned Wembley on the game day video. I'm sorry I said that. We don't want that. No. Um, but the fans, I think they're they're being cautious, but I think they're also just so happy to be where we're at at the moment. You know, it's the first time since we've been in League One we've had this momentum and had this yeah. running to be excited about. Normally, this you know, in April we're like, all right, get ready to go back to Fleetwoods and Aquitans of the world. It's like, yeah, we're actually got a chance here to win promotion, have some some joy. So I think you know, some people were frustrated and probably annoyed that we dropped points. But then look at other teams around us that, you know, we had the maybe the toughest game over the Easter weekend, you know, in which Cheltenham, you know, although Plymouth lost against Lincoln. But mm. um, one game at a time, as McKenna will say, and um, let's not look at the other teams. It's all about us. But uh, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm just, I'm, I'm just buzzing every time we have a game because, you know, it's something to play for. Mm. It, it, is all, it is all about Ipswich, isn't it? They've got, they've, it's in their hands. They've got the get that game in hand on Sheffield Wednesday. It's in it's in town's hands, and the fact that it's in the hands of, of a team that we trust, we all trust so much that that that's where the kind of level of of confidence comes from. It's um, it's all right. Everything's all right. Two home games next as well. Very nice. That's got a, that's pretty big, isn't it? I, I'm feeling like they're going to do it, boys. Don't go too early, but I think town are definitely going to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> here, he, here he goes. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to curse it. I'm on no, that you're... note, by the way. With it, sorry, Karen Pachi. No, you're right though. Those those two two home games coming up is is great for Ipswich. After that, it's two tough away games. Yeah, uh, Peterborough and Barnsley. Peterborough coming on like a train yeah. late in the season, stormed into those playoff places. Now they're going to be two really difficult games, but back to back home games is is great. It's mm. great for Ip- Ipswich and, and a good opportunity to to kind of get back. It seems weird to talk about getting back to winning ways after just one draw. It, it, it's, it, that kind of feels like you're over-egging what Cheltenham was, um, but it's it's a great opportunity. And Absolutely you're right, is. they're probably going to win the league. Come on, yes, they are. Um, the other thing to mention there, you mentioned the, uh, the famous Alf Ramsey reaction after they won the title, which is the most understated, most English reaction to anything ever. If you've never watched it, go onto YouTube now. So Ipswich Town have just done the unthinkable and won the League One title, Division One title as it was then, the season after being promoted. And the, the clipped BBC uh, interviewer says, well, must be feeling fantastic, Alf. And he literally just says, 
I feel fine, doesn't he? I feel fine. <laughs> that's really that's quite yeah. a good. You've got that. Yeah. You've watched that a few times, haven't you? I have. Yeah, yeah. You've loved that. Yeah, I did a bit about that, didn't I, when it was the anniversary? Because it's just such a, a tremendous achievement. And it's it's so understated. Like nowadays, managers would be jumping up and down and, oh, I'm buzzing for the lads and that kind of stuff. But I feel fine. <laughs> anyway, um, right. something which something which was fine was uh, the win on Friday, Rossi. Um, we know Hutchie was was getting pissed at the Maybush. Um, so we, we were covering the game. What a performance, Rossi. It's one of those days... Only football kind of gives you days like that. Good Friday, sun is out, it's a bank holiday, Ipswich Town at home against on paper a side that could cause them a few problems. But they just, after a, a difficult kind of 25, 30 minutes, they just swept them aside. And the, the, the football they played was at times breathtaking. Yeah, what a day. And yeah, normally Wickham, a poxy Wickham as well, but they weren't on that day. You know, what a, what a, what a performance. You know, summer's out, as said, it's Good Friday. Packed Portman Road, yeah. Scoring goals, as you said, there's like you know twenty minutes to thirty minutes of frustration, but you know Wes Burns playing well. That you know another assist for him. You know, you know joint record with Mo Salah with five in a row, yeah. uh, and all that sort of stuff. Just name drop him there. You know Connor Chapman scoring again. Nathan Broadhead being Nathan Broadhead. Uh, Ladapa coming off the bench and scoring. Hurst making it four and four. Shame he couldn't make it five and five at Cheltenham, but. That is a performance you like to see, um, and against the Wickham side, we you know we've you know been annoyed, and you know Matt Bloomfield, you know, sort of you know boyhood sort of fan, or you know came through the youth ranks, and for yeah. him to be on the touchline, I'm sure that was a great moment for him. But yeah, four 0 we're never clean sheet, you know. Yeah, it was, it was a fantastic day, and I, I think a lot of town fans just left happy, and I think they were pissed probably at the end of that as well because they were <laughs> enjoying themselves with points. So yeah. Only football can do days like that, really, when you have the, the perfect storm of it being a, a bank holiday, so an extra day off work for most people, the weather being superb, you've got a sold-out Portman Road, one of the, the prettiest places to be, and then town go and win 4-0 and play, as I say, brilliant football. And I thought Leif Davis, by the way, coming back into the side on Friday, was extraordinary. He is so dangerous with the ball at his feet and the opportunity to cross, and also from corners. He was causing havoc pretty much every time when he, he had the opportunity to get forward. And Hutchie, I'm going to, by way of moving on to the next thing we're going to talk about, because we've had some League One award nominations revealed this morning. Um, and Kieran McKenna's up for manager of the, the season. Cameron Humphrey's up, up for young player of the season. But staggeringly, there isn't an Ipswich Town player up for player of the season. And I would say, you could argue Lee Davis should be on there. What's he on? 11 assists. He's been revelatory. And, and certainly someone like Connor Chaplin, you would think, would have a shout. So do you want to bring us up to speed on these awards and, and what you make of there being a snub for a town player? Yeah, it does feel a little bit of a snub, doesn't it? But the League One manager, the, the three you would have expected, it's Darren Moore, Stephen Schumacher, Kieran McKenna, the, the top three. So uh, these awards are handed out on April the 23rd. So I, I guess, I don't know, whoever's top of the league at that point might get it. Um, yeah. I, I would argue. How McKenna's. can they do that before the end of the season? I know it's 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 a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but the league, the league one player, the three. There's only three players nominated, so they're they're Barry Bannon, Johnson, Clark, Harris, and Aaron Collins from Bristol mm-hmm. Rovers. And um, to me, that's uh, that's kind of going off the numbers a little yeah. bit. Um, I don't think a. a you would have to. I think the panel who made these nominations would have to have been 
watching Ipswich Town every week to to put Leif Davis on there. I think a left back, however, obviously he's got an incredible number of assists, hmm. but for a left back to make a three man shortlist is nigh on impossible, I would say. Um, but Connor, Connor Chap, like we we know how good these players are, hmm. um, and and it and it maybe it maybe speaks to just how good a team Ipswich are rather than a team of individuals. They're not, yes, Connor Chaplin's banging them in. Um, but, you know, he's behind Clark Harris at the top of that. He They've, they've put him on the list. Um, the beauty of this is we know how good these players are. It's just that you don't, you don't, maybe you don't, if you don't, if you don't watch Ipswich every week, you just don't see the intricacies of how good these players are within a team system. Mm. Um but yeah, there, there should really be an Ipswich player on that list. We know that. Be. We know uh, that. Of course we do. And Rossi, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Um, the Ipswich Town Player of the Season award obviously comes up at the end of the season. If you had to pick a player right now to be your Ipswich Town Player of the Season, who would you pick? Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually it's a hard one for once. You know, it's been last couple of seasons in League One. It, like Wes Burns was an obvious one last year. Before that, it was difficult. You go Ooh. not too long ago. I remember James Wilson won it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, didn't he like... only played twenty games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in those twenty games, he was better than all of his teammates. Um, but yeah, this year it's difficult. Yeah, you know, Leif Davis. You know what a signing, what a player he's been. Connor Chaplin. Uh, he told me to pick my player, and I'm going to do it now. Connor Chaplin, because he's scoring the goals, and he's just. He's just a good player, so he's my he's my pick. He's an all round good guy as well, isn't he? Connor Chaplin, as we as we've spoken about before. Hutchie, where would you stand if you had to pick a, a player of the season now? There are clearly a lot of contenders. Would you uh, would you sway one way or another? Uh, oh. Yeah. Ross has got more thoughts. Would you like to do your? Have, have you changed your mind already? You're not going to say Shawnee Aluko, are you? Just because you picked him as MVP at the start of the season. Oh yeah, him. Uh, he was did <laughs> I follow? I don't know how he did the one I follow, but um, he did the co-coms. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think I shot the gun there. I think because of just how good Connor Chapman's been recently. Of course, I think maybe I'm, I know what Andy's going to say. Sam Morsey, of course, is another pick because he's just consistent every game out. Eight out of ten. He did get booked, though. He finally got booked on um, against Cheltenham. Um, but yeah, he's got to be another shout. And maybe he'll... I'm swaying now. But yeah, Andy, t- take take over. Uh, yeah, Sam Morsey for yeah. me. Um, I've started writing about this today, actually, to publish in the next couple of days about the Player of the Year. The voting's open now for the mm-hmm. with the supporters club, so you, you can actually vote for that now. Um, but yeah, more more Morsi for me at, at the at the tip of a very tough a very tough field. Chaplin's been brilliant. Davis has been brilliant. Um, so many others have had really, really, really good spells. Um, Walton has been there as well, wouldn't he? Yeah, he's another. He's had he's had a great spell in there. Cameron Burgess has had two kind of really good streaks of form, mm. and one that he's in at the moment. Obviously, you don't think so, Mark, because you <laughs> snubbed snubbed him uh, on uh, on on Friday. Um, but yeah, it, again, Burns has had a, a streak recently, but Morsi has been at a level for the entire season. Mm. Goals are very eye-catching. Connor Chaplin's been absolutely brilliant, um, but Morsi, Morsi for me. Yeah, you get the feeling that this has been, been like almost a personal mission for Morsi this season, don't you? You know, sometimes players just will teams to mm. 
succeed and have that much influence on the side, you, you feel like that's the case with with Sam Morsey. So Sam Morsey, you're saying, are you saying Connor Chaplin? Or are you saying? With what Hutchie said there about the goals, oh. I think that's what I'm sort of, I've been latching on with Connor Chaplin, but thinking back, Sam Morsey say what has you, been. Say what your what? heart tells you, mate. What? Who was the no, player you, of the year? Who was the player of the year? Sam Sam Morsey. Okay. Yeah. They've been swayed by Hutchie's fantastic argument. Uh, so you're both saying Sam Morsey. Let us know who you would give player of the season to, and obviously we'll find out soon enough who actually will be player of the season. But it's nice, as Rossi says, that there, there are genuinely so many contenders and so many good performers, so many fantastic stats to look at. Again, um, when you look back in recent seasons, it's been pretty bleak, hasn't it? But uh, this one, fantastic. And when we're talking about stats, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. It's in Cole Fuller's column, which is going to be online in the next hour or so, um, which is how much how extraordinary town support has been this season and also how well the side have performed. Um, the first stat is this will be the first season since 2004-05 that town haven't been doubled by a side. Um, so a side gets two wins over town in a season. That's not happened since 2004-05 where, where town have essentially not done that, um, which is pretty impressive, isn't it, Hutchie? I like that one. I, I don't really know what that tells you other than the fact that they're good, but it's, well, it's I like it. it. It's a pretty key indicator, isn't it? Yeah, um, I pretty, guess. Yeah, if if a side is beating you home and away, uh, then there, there, that's a that's a, a fairly key indicator that you're yeah. not among the best sides in the league. I yeah. guess comprehensive. Um, that that is a comprehensive beating if you're beating home and away. Yeah, but um, yeah. I like that they've only lost four games all season. Any team that had doubled Ipswich Town could have been incredibly proud of doing Absolutely. that, but um, they they haven't. So I like the other one. The other one is just about the support, and I haven't got it to hand, which is very remiss of me. So you'll have to read it to get the exact stat. But I believe he says that after Good Friday, Town have already surpassed the, the total attendance for matches, um, league matches in this season. Um, and I think their average attendance at home has increased by 3,000 plus this season, which again, obviously there's a lot of good feeling around the club. But I think sometimes it's, it's easy for us to be kind of blasé about the support. Because 28, what was it, 28,500 there, Good Friday, in League One. That's not normal. That is not normal. No. Um, my my dad and my brother were trying to get some tickets. They, they want to go again before the end of the season. My dad and brother yeah. were trying to get some tickets. And they they couldn't get two seats next to each other for any of the remaining the remaining games, any of the three remaining home games. They're, they're, you just can't find them. They don't, they don't exist. Wow. That is that is pretty spectacular, isn't it? Um, Including your... a Tuesday night game with Port Vale. A yeah. Tuesday <laughs> That's night crazy. match against That's Port I mean. Vale. That's mad. That is mad. That's yeah. not normal in League One. That that, that is not normal. Um, and Rossi, you, you're the man who spends most of your time with the with the fans. What has it been like following Town this season with with the fans? Yeah, uh, it's been. It's been a nice change to um, you know you know years in the championship. You know, I said we said on many podcasts before. You know, you couldn't even give tickets away. People just went, mm. "No, I don't fancy that." Or you know, you bring a friend, go come watch Ipswich play, and they go, "I don't want to come again." And like you know, <laughs> kids like kids maybe going to their first game or you know going to a game you know for a little treat from their parent, and then like it's actually you know. <laughs> Like, why are you punishing me now? What have I done? You know, 
now yeah, it's like, was... yeah, it's it's a golden ticket. It's it's an absolute golden ticket. And um, yeah, like we did that derby away day, KOA Army um, social over the weekend, and that was just a lovely weekend. You know, they got the result, but also just the feel good factor. But yeah, it's just the norm now. You know, sell out the away ends, sell out Portman Road, and yeah, as as Andy said. Port Vale on a Tuesday night, I sold out pretty much. And then other games just getting sold out, you know, Forest Green teams like, we, you know, people wanting to go to that. And I think I was like 24,000 for that game. Yeah. Um, but once again, this club has got, has always had a big following. You know, I think back in, you know, when we played Inter Milan at the San Siro, 10,000 fans went and saw that. Mm. So this club have got a massive following. And, you know, when they've got a team they're proud of and good football and a good manager and good owners, they'll come out and, you know, there's so many fans who are now getting season tickets for the first time or first time in years. Like, good old John Watson. You know, he lives in Doncaster. Yeah, that is, He's got that a season is, ticket for next season. Has he? That is some commitment from the King of the North. That is incredible commitment. Um, yeah. Fantastic stuff. And you're right, Ross, there were no end of stories, weren't there, that we, we saw at the time in those kind of dark days under Mick McCarthy where the crowds were, what were they, 13 14 15,000 less than that considerably on a, on a Tuesday night and so many times I, I read stories on social media about dads taking kids to football one of the proudest moments as a as a dad I can imagine um, obviously I don't have children and I can't take my dog to football if I did have kids taking my kid to football would be one of the proudest moments I think and then the kid turns around and goes this is dreadful this is boring dad I don't want to come again that would be that would be heartbreaking um, so the fact there's so many, we, we're seeing so many kids at games as well, aren't we? And they must be loving it. Hutchie, have you taken J? I suppose you actually you're working, aren't you? So you can't really take J unit to an Ipswich Town game. But if you if you could, yeah, she'd love it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm struggling with her with football because the I took her to the we went to the Women's Euros final. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and she absolutely loved it. I can't match that. I can't no, take it's... it to Ipswich because <laughs> that's I, a pretty good start. Like, with uh, with the great, I've taken her to watch Ipswich Town women, and she quite likes that. But I I I can't really give her Wem- a full Wembley winning mm. a trophy, um, and the music and fireworks and a halftime show, and don't really know where to go next with her. Was that her first ever football game? No, she, we we've been to the, we've been to the uh, the women at Felix so a couple of okay. times, and I, I've taken her to watch England women um, elsewhere at, at Carrow Road, um, but. Yeah, I haven't taken her to a game since that last summer. I don't know what to do with her next because I think she'd like she'd like to go again, but I don't want to kind of bring her crashing back down to yeah to earth with a with a bit of a bump. So we'll see we'll see what the next um the next move is in the world of football with her. It's got to be picked wisely by the sound of it, Hutchie. Mm. You, you've you've set yourself quite a standard there. Too high, too high. If anything, yeah. Um, Rossi, just be, just by way of. Uh... Rounding out this, Hutchie's there mentioned the the ladies. How, how are things going with the the town ladies? Because they, they, they had that big game postponed, didn't they? Was it? Um, I've lost track of where we are now. A couple, what, about a week ago, was it? Yeah, about a week ago. Um, yeah. yeah, didn't play over the Easter weekend, but they yeah they play um, Milton Keynes at the Stadium MK this weekend. So um, you know, big game in the you know the the run in. So uh, yeah, we'll find out. I'm sure the next time we record a track the girls talk, we'll be talking about the that game and knowing where we're going to be at. But yeah, big three games left for them to play, all to play for. So yeah, bring it on. And one final thing as well, actually. Uh, J-Unit, that just cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's me and my ridiculous nicknames. 
Um, that's what that's what we call her at home now. I write, I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry. For, I'm sorry for reducing your daughter to a a, a laughable nickname, Hutchie. <laughs> but if you know me, you know that's a sign of affection. If I if I give someone <laughs> or something a, a nickname, it generally means I. Uh, I she's, care for it. So to be go. fair, mate, she's a she is a bit of a unit. She's she started lifting um she started lifting like dumbbells. Has she? Yeah. Oh what are those wow. what are those what are those they're not dumbbells, what are they called? The um not dumbbells, the one the they're like got a ball on the bottom and a handle. What are they called? Oh kettlebells. Kettlebells, that's yeah, yeah. it. We've got a few kettlebells in the house and she started lifting them. She's uh He's quite you strong. Have, you might have a future athlete on your hands there. Weightlifter. Yeah. Well, that, that's all about like um, height to weight ratio. Um, so, I mean, she she's quite small, isn't she? So she uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. She might she might have the she might have powerlifting in the future, maybe, or some sort of athletic pursuit to do with being really strong for her size, or maybe no. gymnast. You know, I don't know. If, if... I hope she'll have to have picked up some level of flexibility from elsewhere in the gene pool <laughs> for that, because it's not coming from me. I'll tell you. Um, maybe the horse, maybe the pommel horse, she can do that. Yeah. How, how has this kettlebell thing emerged then? Why have you got them? And it, I assume they weren't bought for her. Was she just no? They just to we, them. We just have them to use in the house occasionally, and she she one of them's quite brightly coloured, and she's been lifting them for about a year and a half. Wow, like that. Two hat, two hands on the really little one. It's like I don't yeah. know what six kilograms or something. Um, but yeah, she's quite maybe strong. She's got, maybe she's got a future in CrossFit. That's quite a big thing. We'll now. see. Um, friends, before we go, because I'm probably not going to be around on Thursday for show part two. I do want to shout out um, Ipswich Town linked because he's a big Ipswich Town fan. Um, our very own UFC superstar, which is crazy considering he's just from a little village, Trimley in Suffolk. Arnold Allen fights on Saturday in Kansas City. Main event, he faces a guy called Max Holloway, who is like an icon of the sport, one of the biggest names the sport's ever seen. Um, he was world champion, went unbeaten for five years once, um, was generally considered to be the best fighter in the sport for that, that run. And Arnold Allen, a little lad from Suffolk, faces him on Saturday. And if he wins this fight, he will fight for the featherweight title before the year is out, um, which is pretty remarkable. This is the same title that... Conor McGregor held not too long ago, just to give you an idea of how kind of a big of a thing that is. Um, so, yeah, he's fighting this Saturday. I did an interview with him, which is going out on the KOA YouTube channel tonight, isn't it, Rossi? I think seven o'clock. Um, so give that a watch. It's a really good story. Uh, a lad who kind of went from working at Felix Stowe Docks to picking up martial arts and now genuinely is one of the best fighters in the world on the verge of a title shot. And uh, we had a little chat about Ipswich Town as well, because he reckons George Edmondson could be a decent boxer if he wanted to. And he also wants to have a scrap with Marcus Harness, who's a, a BJJ purple belt, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is a big part of MMA. So, yeah, that's what that's out for you tonight, 7pm. And he's fighting in Kansas City, yes? Uh, what would happen if Fabio Wardley and Arnold Allen fought each other? Oh, well, obviously, Fabio's got a significant size advantage. But uh, I would I would have to say that Arnold would win that. Because Arnold would... Obviously, boxing is very one-dimensional. Uh, in MMA, you can take people to the floor. And invariably what happens when in MMA, we've got to go just boxers. It doesn't happen very much anymore, but it did in the, in the dim, dark, dark days of the sports kind of infancy, where it's very much like one martial art against another. The boxer just gets taken down and submitted. So I would say, as long as obviously Arnie can avoid the, the huge, long reach and powerful hands of Fabio and get Fabio onto the floor, um, he okay. would win that by submission pretty quickly. 
Okay. And that, Mark, is why nobody ever played as Bullrog in uh, <laughs> Streets in Street Fighter. One dimension. Which one was Bullrog? I can't remember. Basically, he's, he's a boxer. Just basically, was Mike Tyson. I think he was just based on Mike Tyson, but all he could yeah. do was punch. Like, like no one's ever going to be him. Yeah, in the vet, in the, I think it was UFC one. So the very first UFC there was, um, where they literally got loads of kind of people from different martial arts. And I know I'm digressing, friends. Bear with me. There's a point to the story. They had a boxer who famously only wore one boxing glove, and that was because when he realised what he was up against, i.e., what the guys could do to him take him down and twist him into a pretzel he insisted he was only going to wear one boxing glove so he could make sure he could tap with the other hand that wasn't covered by a boxing glove he wanted to make sure the ref could see him tapping which uh history has proved to be quite an astute decision because he didn't last very long um friends the only other thing to mention before we take our leave today aside from lots of fighting talk is this if you can hear that that my friends is the sound of the new Weed Whacker 2.0 from Manscaped. This, and there Ross has got the box there. It's a beautiful bit of kit. Um, I know clearly we're sponsored by Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. I know manscaping, or indeed ladyscaping, isn't for everyone. Um, Watson, famously not a big fan. Rossi, I don't think, is a big fan of manscaping. He likes being hairy. But this, when you reach a certain age as a, as a, as a male, actually you can relate to this now. I think we're just in that bracket. Rossi's probably still a bit too young. This will become an essential part of your kit because it sorts out the old nose and the old ear hair. And we know that Stewie's got an issue there with his with hairy tragus. This, friends, will sort you right out. And it is, honestly, I'm not saying this because we're sponsored by them and they've given us these, these free, full disclosure. Um, but it is genuinely a good bit of kit. And Hutchie, me and you have been manscaping disciples since before we had this arrangement. Um, we've used their gear. It's good clobber. Uh, and this, I would say, is a must-have. I would also say, well, I would, the other thing I'll say to you is it definitely is a step up. This is the Weed Whacker 2.0. There we go, yeah. And it's definitely a step up on the Weed Whacker 1.0. Yeah. Um, nostril test. <laughs> the 2.0 has done a better job. So um, I'd thoroughly yeah. recommend it. And for your Tragus as well. If you're just listening just on audio there, that was the noise of, of Hutchie simultaneously attacking both nostrils with the Weed Whacker 1.0 and the Weed Whacker 2.0 um, in, a, in a very exciting test. And you, you're saying there the 2.0s come out on top, Hutchie. Yeah, it, it genuinely. I'll be honest. I don't think they've progressed the lawnmowers uh, yeah. well enough. Um, but this is a, a next level and this the original one is miles better than any other nose hair trimmer i've ever had as well yeah. um so that the, the 2.0 is spectacular have you cracked into the the weed whacker 2.0 yet ross i know you're probably not at that age yet where hairy ears and noses bother you but as i said in previous pods my nose is it's getting there at the moment it's hidden because of my mustache but uh yeah. I, I will look at doing it at some stage but yeah I've got, it's still in the box but it's here um so yeah but if anybody wants it um you know give me a shout <laughs> is that allowed or no? well no because they've got used to code koa at manscaped.com yeah, yeah, to get one 20 yeah. off you're not giving it yeah. away rossi you're not putting it on ebay come on um there we go then and it is it's a pleasing package though isn't it ross you can say you've got yeah. the box there it's, it's nice yeah. to, aesthetic well. aesthetically pleasing i would say lovely stuff 
So get involved, use the code carry at manscaped.com and also obviously support our other sponsor, Ginger Pickle. Tony Southgate and the boys at Ginger Pickle will sort you right out with your digital marketing, your Google ads, your SEO, whatever you want to do in that sphere. Tony and the boys at Ginger Pickle will sort that out. And Rossi, Tony's become something of a traveling companion with you yeah. recently. I saw on his uh, Instagram, I think it was, um, you going out for breakfast with him. So is is Tony now edging out Liam as your your personal chauffeur? I know you're <laughs> you're going to Holland with Tony in the not too distant future to do some filming for KOA. Have you got a new best friend? Tony is a very nice man, um, and yeah, he has become a very good friend. Um, good old my friend. Uh, yeah, a nice <laughs> breakfast before the Wickham game. Um, I sorted out him out some tickets, so he went to the game with his other half. Yeah, we filmed some stuff. You, everyone knows uh, we did a Mickey Stockwell in pictures, so that'll be out soon. But yeah, we're going over to Holland to um, have a nice little lad slash working uh, trip. Uh, and also catch up with uh, some former players as well. I'm not going to say them players just yet. You probably will guess who they are, but I want to get yeah. them confirmed, confirmed, confirmed. But um, but yeah, Tony's been a, it's been a, very, it's been a helpful man. Um, and yeah, shout out to Ginger Pickle um, because they do great stuff, marketing and all that. But he's also a very good cameraman and he also does the press of the button. So that that's always good. A man whose talent knows no bounds. Um, I can't believe you tracked down Ballant Biner, by the way, for that trip to Holland. Oh. Fantastic. I can't wait for that. It's going to be big. When's Stockwell coming out? Uh, well, we need, we need to have a face-to-face, don't we? A little chat about the, the plan of dropping that. Um, of course, there's some big games and a lot of content to come in League One, but uh, if people want it, you know, let us know. If you want it sooner rather than later, then we'll put it out. But I think we may leave it for the end of the season and that could be a nice little fill the gap when the season's done. Like it. You're getting something in the bag, aren't you, Rossi? That's what I like. Yeah. They're really good, those in-picture things. Right then, friends, I think we've come to the end of the show. Is there anything else you want to mention, friends? I suppose we should do Hotchie's shirt over the right-hand shoulder. It's blue with, like, maroon stripes. Big VW sponsor. Um, I feel like I should know that. It looks like quite a recognisable one, but um, predictably, I've got no idea. It's not. I don't think you'll get this one. What's the country? Germany? No. Romania? No. Oh. Uh, uh, let, let, us, yeah, let us know the country. Let us know the country. Yeah. Serbia. Oh, oh Jesus. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea. I don't even know a Serbian team. That wow. is, I don't know. Is that, oh, what's it called? No, that's, are they Serbian? Slavian yeah. Libric. Are they? Are they no, they're Czech. Oh, Slovan Libric is Czech. Okay. Okay. Looks like the East Anglian Ambulance Service badge to me. I yep. That's not what it is. <laughs> oh, partisan, 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 Sutton, whatever club that is. Partisan, partisan Belgrade. Belgrade. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Belgrade. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Is that is that another new addition, Hutchie, or is that something you just rotated? No. No, that's just come out come out the back of the rack for you. I like um, it. How would you rate that? for you. Solid one, seven. Seven out of ten, nice. Anything else to mention, friends? No other business. Okay, no that brings us to the end of the show. Um, hope you enjoyed it today. We've covered a lot of ground. Um, Ipswich Town, their winning run has ended, but they are still unbeaten in 13 games and everything is on. We'll be back later on this week. As I say, I might not be around, but the boys will certainly be back to build up to the game against Charlton this weekend. Have a great start to the week. I suppose this is the start to the week because of uh, Easter. Um, One day less this week to uh, endure. Uh, And we'll be back sooner than you know it with more of this great Kings of Anglia podcast fun. Enjoy, friends. We'll speak to you next time.